Broadcasting live from the overgrown farmland on the plain of Innistrad, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham and joining me is Cameron. Hi. And Nelson. Not a ghost horse. <laughs> Not a ghost horse. And today on TTC, we're going to be talking about Innistrad, Midnight Hunt, the first of the Innistrads. The first of this season's Innistrads, <laughs> Midnight Hunt, comes to us now in September. And we've, since we last spoke to you, we've done a pre-pre-release and played some amount of it individually. And so we're going to talk a little bit about it. But first, a reminder, of course, that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Please do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. That puts our little affiliate code on there which tells them that we sent you and we continue to do that because they continue to be a great place to buy your magic cards. Cards like Innistrad Midnight Hunt. And they have excellent customer service and very, very fast shipping. And if you tell them Loading Ready Run sent me button, please, they will give you a little one-inch button. Good news, Nelson. They are now completely sold out of, I mean, sold out. They weren't for sale. It was a, it's a free thing, but they're out of Lands in Front Party in the, or yeah, Lands in Front Party in the back. Oh, it sounds like they were popular. Hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of those out in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate all the hard work that all of you have done to buy cards and get lots of copies of those buttons. Now, you know, if you can kindly recycle them safely. By sending them to our P.O. box. <laughs> Let's just dox Nelly here. Yeah, right. Cameron Lauder, care of Bionic Trousers Media. <laughs> I need to I need to spruce up my draft kit. <laughs> Start leaving them places where Nelson's likely to be. Cameron's just going to make a coat out of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a shield of protection from nelson jangle so much i'll just wither in front of him every time we're in the same room anyway the new button says hello my name is like sort of like a, my name is sticker hello my name is medium gargadon i love yeah. it they're both good jokes but i don't need you to stop that one <laughs> fair enough the show is also brought to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run so we did the innistrad midnight hunt ppr the other day we did six rounds of sealed everybody got to play two games and how did we enjoy that cam you went two and oh which i believe I was made made mention at the time hasn't happened to you specifically at a ppr in some time yeah i'm confident that i've won my matches at a ppr before mm-hmm. i'm i'm sure that's happened oh no it definitely has yeah like i've my role at the PPR, I feel, has evolved into getting theatrically dumpstered. Whether it's <laughs> it's it's Blake, you know, keeping me twisting for like for like two, two hours. hours, yeah, um, or Sydney making me eat meat out of despair, or <laughs> Wedge calling in the game's designer to Dutch door me in front of thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> But how did this one go? Truly, you're doing it for the TV, and we all love that, Cameron. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I do, it's commit to the bit. This, have you won Magic the Gathering? It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. I would like to credit Voldaren Stinger, whose name I got wrong at the PPR. I believe I was referring to her as Voldaren Stinger the entire time which is embarrassing, but Voldaren Stinger is like this, or no, yeah, it, it's it's a one drop. It's a one, one, a vampire warrior. Voldaren Stinger has first strike as long as it's attacking and for two and a red gets plus two plus O oh until end of turn. Turns out a first striker with threat of activation, basically an abyss. Mm-hmm. People had to spend removal on this. It was, it was, it's better than it looks. Yeah. A one, one for one that people can't readily ignore is, it's a heck of a card. 
Yeah. I also wanted to give a shout out to, where are you? Ardent Elementalist. For three in a red, you get a 2-1 Human Shaman. Ardent, when Ardent Elementalist enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. It's, it's Archaeomancer in red. Yeah. I got absolutely destroyed by that in a sealed deck that we played on LRRMTG yesterday. We're recording this on Friday, September 17th. And my opponent had Light Up the Night, which is the sort of fireball. It's uh, X and a red to deal X damage to any target, and it's X plus one damage if the target is a creature or planeswalker, which is a cool design. And then it has this flashback, which is three and a red to pay for the flashback, and then you pay for the X with removing X loyalty counters from among planeswalkers you control. And X can't be zero, so you can't like make it zero and ping off a one one or whatever. So generally speaking in limited there's no way for people to be able to actually flash that back like most of the time because uh, they would need a planeswalker to do it so it's like okay sure so they cast light up the night and then twice returned it with different copies of ardent elementalist they got to cast that spell three times and we did not win that game yeah no it's it's a good card it yeah. is it is a really good card especially considering it is an x one that dies to basically everything can trade up and like the set is full of reanimation mm -hmm. right yeah. so you can you can recur this pretty easily to keep getting defenestrate over and over again right <laughs> like you can just cast the same defenestrate three times in a match just keep hauling hauling dudes up to the top of the the cathedral and kicking them out the window there's no window there anymore right or or you keep having to reinstall a new window first for the theatrical theatricality of it good season for the Hanweir glaziers oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Han princess auto is just like you know <laughs> just reinstalling windshields day after day also the glaziers are going to have a real good season this year you know i think they're really well situated with with their rookies the back ta the talent they've been developing in the back half of their lineup and <laughs> glaziers are really <laughs> i think they could yeah, at least a team to watch yeah, I think they could at least make it to the regional championships. Also, the coordination that among that team, it's like they have one mind. Oh, they gotta. Can you imagine people piloting a plane, like a sheet of glass around a football field during a game? <laughs> I can't. No, that would be very silly. So what was your what was your PPR deck like, Cameron, in sort of broad strokes? Aggressive. It mm -hmm. basically topped out at three. I think if you look at my curve, there are there are five cards at four and above. Elementalist Bat Whisperer, who does not have flying. You would be forgiven for looking at Bat Whisperer and thinking, this card flies. Don't even need to read it. She just talks to the bats. Yeah. Right? She doesn't she doesn't intrude upon their biome. No, of course not. I wanna say this isn't even the worst offender for like art plus name equals this should fly in the set in, in amongst black vampires. This one at least is like sitting on the roof like right they're just kind of like chilling they're lounging talking to this bat but the art for let me just find it real quick here stromkirk blood thief this is a three man two two vampire rogue who's like jumping off of a building like she's doing some ballet gymnastics mm. you know action movie black widow stunt here where she's about to go for a big dive and that does not have flying so yeah, this Innistrad is uh, 
got a couple of points against them in the whippoorwill category. Of... You also got to kill that card before it gets out of hand. Yeah, there's another good card. We didn't see it in action at the PPR, I don't think, but this is a pretty strong limited card too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, so far I haven't, like, we need a new phrase for when you're surprised that that has reach but as it turns out everything has reach because you just didn't read your card and don't realize that it didn't have flying right when you don't have flying everything has reach is basically what i'm getting at here i think it's just the second part of that has reach that has reach this doesn't fly (laughs) yeah right (laughs) like you you can say that has reach and your opponent can say no and you can both be right yeah right it's like i attack with this thing they go okay i block and you're like wait that has reach and they're like no your creature doesn't fly like oh what whoops oh okay otherwise yeah like okay so i had bat whisper blood tithe collector who's who's fine right three four flying is actually pretty good oh yeah blood tithe collector is the one with it's yeah four and a black for a three four flying vampire noble etb it's like spectacle or bloodthirst or whatever this sort of mm-hmm vampire ability in the set if an opponent lost life this turn each opponent discards a card yes yes that's nice yeah yeah that's cool then i also had a more crut behemoth seven six everyone loves more crut yeah everyone loves more crut nobody doesn't lo- want more crut it's a seven six with menace and you can either sacrifice a creature or pay one in a black when you cast it that's a great way to use your decayed zombies absolutely then at very the tippy top of my curve at six mana i had one dreadhound who's a six six demon dog when it enters the battlefield mill three cards when a creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from a library each opponent loses one life i love dreadhound yeah 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 it it did work for me in the games where i didn't just throw it away to an obvious combat trick yeah props to kathleen spoilers for one of the bonus rounds which may have already gone up by the time you're hearing this i'm not entirely sure but i was playing against surge and one of our games got i got surge down to four but he had like majorly stabilized and was battling back and was putting himself in a pretty damn good position to to really turn the game around and i played dreadhound milled two creatures so took him to two and then it was a case of like oh well now i just attack with my two decayed zombies right stupid well no i just had i just had creatures i just was just like sure. i attack with my stupid creatures either you take the damage and die or you block and kill them and then creatures die and you lose life that way it was uh it's the it's the it's the sir conrad effect of just like it's gonna get you mm-hmm. one way or another mm-hmm. the pincer maneuver yeah yeah, it's six mana blood artist is still or is still blood artist, right? Or because you usually because in limited you used to be using combat, it feels a little bit like, well, we have Hellrider at home, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I also I've just only played one match on Arena so far, but I finished it with playing a Dreadhound after having played. I drafted a deck with four copies of the blue flying bird zombie that also brings a decayed token. I don't know if we saw much of this at the PPR, but uh, Falcon Abomination, two generic and a blue for a 2-2 flying zombie bird and just one of the ETBs who make a decayed zombie. So it's not a 4-4 four, four for three, but it you know it's a little better than a 2-2 two, two flyer for three. And I like 2-2 two, two flyers for three to begin with. So Dreadhound, one of the ways certainly to push that extra damage through with your decayed zombies yeah other, otherwise the deck was just pretty low to the ground and aggressive and i think i like this archetype right i i like counting mm-hmm. to 20 yeah <laughs> the the intro video that we did for the ppr made by mangled pixel 
where we all had our our headstones that talked about how we died and yours camp was swung for 19 <laughs> whoops yeah that was good everybody came up with uh, their own suggestions for what their headstone should say and i think i think i think you ha- you suggested several but that's the one i i picked because it was very clean it's just like oh whoops yeah miscounted <laughs> yeah well one. Oh, okay all right. Well, your turn. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, what was your deck like? If we're, Yeah, if we're allowed to talk about stuff that's going up for bonus rounds. So I managed to put together two different decks in my sealed, but the more successful one was green-white. I also, I did put, build a red-black deck, and I think my favorite card in it was just the Vengeful Strangler, which you also had, I believe, Cameron, or some someone else had it between yourself, Wheeler, and Kathy. Yes, yes. I, 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 had, I have Vengeful Strangler. Yeah, so I like Vengeful Strangler in the aggressive strategies i also had this card necrosynthesis i'm not sure if anyone else played it but this was it's sort of like on my radar is i can't figure out whether this is great or garbage it's a a creature enchantment an aura that you put on your own creatures for for benefit which often in magic those are bad so that's probably a uh, red flag right there but it's one in a black for an enchantment aura that says enchanted creature has whenever another creature dies but plus one plus one counter on this creature but also when enchanted creature dies you look at the top x cards of your library where x is its power put one in your hand and the rest in the bottom and I like if unruly mob is really good, then like being able to get more unruly mobs is maybe good. So yeah, I I did build that deck, but my my much more successful deck revolved around some half decent white and green werewolves and human tokens and some good removal. I had the same combat trick that Kathleen had plus two plus two and then if you have coven you draw a card for two mana might of the old ways and then i also have two copies of the one that likes humans more flare of faith uh one generic and a white for plus two plus two unless it's a human in which case plus three plus three and indestructible so if you have a deck with like join the dance and the cathars that make human tokens when the etb these combat tricks are fairly powerful I also just had like a candle trap and uh, borrowed time to be able to get through uh, surges blockers pretty easily. And then uh, standout creatures in my deck included Bird Admirer. I saw a lot of people playing Bird Admirer. And if you watch the PPR and weren't quite sure what jokes Wheeler was trying to make, we have this uh, Wednesday night stream we've done a few times on CTS. We've played uh, Wingspan (laughs) and... Mm. It's just a lovely time. It's usually Wheeler, myself, Matt, and Ian. And Wingspan is just like this very chill game where we just like hang out and collect birds. And at the end, someone collected bird the birds the best. But the whole game is very like just a chill vibe. Like it's not it's not an exciting game. And we all just regularly talk about how that's a nice bird. <laughs> Every time someone get, collects a bird. But but Bird Ad- Admirer is quite a strong card. Three mana, one, four reach. And then has Daybound on the backside. It's just a three, five reach. So you've got two two great spiders. Both both a great deal for three mana. Also, Dawnheart Mentor was in my green-white deck. And Kathleen played this as well to some success. This is another three-drop green creature. Two generic and a green for a zero, four human warlock that brings a one, one white human creature token when the ETB is. So again, good with the Flares of Faith I was talking about. And it has Coven for six mana. Five generic and a green. You can activate an ability that says target creature you control gets plus three plus three and trample until the turn and only do that if you have three different powers yeah wasn't a fan of that one yeah having a big expensive mana sink doesn't have to be coven but any mana sinks you can get just make your werewolves better because it means you can still do something on your own turn like have a spell like ability on your own turn without actually casting a spell so then mm-hmm. your your werewolves can flip if it's daytime but by far the best card of my deck was brutal cathar this is a rare uh white human two generic and a white for a two two human soldier werewolf 
When this enters the battlefield or transforms into Brutal Cathar, exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield Ooh. and has daybound. Yeah, so it's like multiple O-rings on one creature. And then the backside is a 3-3 werewolf that's red with first strike and nightbound and ward pay three life. So if they want their stuff back, they have to pay three life unless they can kill it on the day side. But, you know, if you've gotten back to the day side, at least you've exiled two things. It's this is quite a strong card for limited. Yeah, wow. But Surge and I had a good match. And I think a lot of people were playing the, you know, there's a mana fixing spell that scries and has flashback. I saw that quite a bit over the course of BPR. Helps. Yeah, Path to the Festival. Yeah, Path to the Festival yeah. kind of helps you get back to, to daytime by giving you more mana so you can cast two spells if you need to. Mm-hmm. My impression of day and night was that it was generally like, it seemed kind of tricky. Like it was a bit, it was a bit of work. You obviously always can choose to make it daytime by just kind of skipping your turn. But Or, or nighttime. Sorry, nighttime. Yeah, you can make it turn into night if it's currently day by just choosing not to play any spells in your own turn. But then, you know, that might cost you too much tempo. Like it might not be worth flipping one werewolf if it means you don't get to play another creature. So a lot of turns of the PPR, it seemed like, okay, it's just staying day for a long, long time or or staying night. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Yeah. How did you find, going back to the first card you mentioned, how did you find Necrosynthesis? Because I played against it in a sealed deck last night and it was it was pretty good i, I okay I, I think i mean i mean it was it was good against me in that instance my opponent was like already kind of ahead but i think creatures die a lot <laughs> in this format like innistrad is uh deadly right so it is another thing you can do with your decayed zombie tokens right and i think generally like the, the impression i get is like build a deck that has some way to to enjoy these tokens right like you don't just attack with them but if you don't have the thing yet if you don't have the like enabler for getting value out of your tokens just leave them to sit around and wait and that's totally fine so this is like one of the things you can top deck is this enchantment and then you can shove with them all and then they turn in plus plus one counters i didn't get to do that the the game where i played it i i got run over by surge and my creature died right away so I got to draw a card <laughs> and I didn't feel bad about having it in my deck, but I didn't have a moment where it was like, okay, this Necrosynthesis is going to win this game. Mm, that's fair. I mean, I guess at least you have that, right? Like it doesn't actually do anything until another creature dies, but at least if they kill that creature, you do actually get a card. I remembered now why it was so brutal against me, which was that my opponent had that on a just some random creature. It was it had an ETB effect, then became a, a vanilla creature. It was not relevant. But they also had Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nephalia. So oh, maybe nice. this was maybe this was the problem. So it was one in a black for a one one human wizard. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with decayed, create a two two zombie with decayed. So every single turn it was like, all right, I attack you with this decayed zombie, I block it with my four four, and then their creature with necrosynthesis gets bigger, and at the end of turn they get another friggin' zombie. So that was that was a that was an irritating play pattern. And I guess maybe Jadar was the bigger problem than necrosynthesis. <laughs> But again, yeah, Necrosynthesis does synergize stuff, yeah. Yeah, Jadar's just like, hey man, you know, what do you want from me? I'm doing my job here. <laughs> yeah. These ghouls gotta get up. Someone's gotta wake the dead. Yeah. Can we talk for a moment about unnatural growth? I got to watch Ben Wheeler play this card in a draft deck on his stream yesterday. And it's an enchantment for one generic and four green pips. So that's one GGGG. And it says... <laughs> Yeah, one, GG, GG. Yeah. At the beginning of each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until no turn. Like it's a global chance, not a non aura. It's just every turn, like when you're about to attack, all your creatures get twice as big, which is pretty messed up. He played it and then still the game went on for like eight more turns. So credit to his opponent. But yeah, I 
I definitely had just seen it on a stream and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I think if you do happen to run into this, good luck or <laughs> draft this if you see it. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't think of another card that's similar to this. Maybe the, there's like a conviction from Scars of Mirrodin that was like a six mana white enchantment that gave all your creatures double strike or something when they attack. It's such a mana cost. Yeah. Isn't that such a mana cost, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah, but also, look, all of your creatures are big. Like, it's not exalted. It's not like one creature gets huge like a paladin class would do. This is just like double all your power and toughnesses. So that's something to do with your decayed zombie tokens, too. Yeah. Speaking of things to do with your zombie tokens, have you played against this card, the Meat Hook Massacre? No, but I watched Wheeler playing out of the PPR. <laughs> it, uh, oh, that's a, that, that, that swings some windmill haymakers i don't know how to fight look meat hook massacre is just a beating and a half it's like a it's, it's a wrath that sticks around and keeps hurting well it's it's a very specific it's a wrath with a very specific set of skills <laughs> right it's it's x black black for a legendary enchantment when the meat hook massacre enters the battlefield each creature gets minus x minus x until end of turn so it's it's black sun zenith kind of right, right. like you can yeah you can tailor it a little bit to leave alive what you want to leave alive, but it goes on. Whenever a creature you controls dies, each opponent loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you gain one life. So it's it's a blood artist, kind of. I mean, it's, it's one of the bad blood artists. Yeah. Like, it has a very limited effect. Yeah, you get a point. Like, something happens whenever a creature dies. So it's the, it's got that going for it. It's not it's not just a blood artist when your creatures die. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see the the R and D notes on this, where it was just like it's still too strong. Make <laughs> make the blood artist more limited, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, you know, you you wrath the board and do twenty seven to your opponent. We can't have this in a limited environment. Smarter them to make it legendary. Yes, yeah, landing two of these. Could you imagine you're playing sealed and your opponent resolves their second meat hook massacre? Ooh. Meat hook massacre Ooh. two origins, <laughs> right? <laughs> Then Meat Hook Massacre 3D, Meat Hook Massacre 4 in space, Meat Hook Massacres yeah. is the fifth installment and is like the, the reboot. Yeah. I'm I'm terrified just talking about it. Yeah. I had a bone to pick also with Ethan Fleischer, I think, on Twitter, who said that this was a reference to infamous slasher film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm like, yes, you <laughs> talked about this. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a body horror film. I, I mean, like it can be classified as a slasher film, but I would say it's much more comfortable in body horror. I think I think this series became a slasher, slasher series. Yeah. But the original, you're quite right. The original is not a slasher flick. It's also like... I mean, yes, he uses meat hooks, but it's 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 like it's honestly way more upsetting. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's a good movie if you're into horror films. Yeah. I just I remember watching it and I was expecting like, oh, OK, sure. So it's going to be, you know, like lots of gore and there's the chainsaw, of course. It'll be swinging that around and blood will be flying everywhere. And the first time someone dies in the movie, he opens the door and sees Leatherface and Leatherface hits him in the temple with a hammer. And then the thing, j the, the person just stops being a person. The person just yeah. falls to the ground like a sack of potatoes and stops moving. And I was like, holy crap, that's way scarier. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, apparently they had a hard time censoring it because there's very little blood. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, re-railing about magic cards here. Sorry. I, I'm not a fan of horror movies, and so I'm just going to left turn this whole conversation away from me having nightmares. Can I actually talk about a card that cares when people die? <laughs> 
yeah, that's totally fine. But let me first just at the risk of becoming a meme and also with the awareness that we haven't gotten to play a lot of Canadian Highlander lately. Do you think that the Meat Hook Massacre might have a place in Aristocrats? Like, sincerely, it's just I like the flexible mana cost. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been looking at it and thinking maybe it's kind of a weird one, right? Yeah, like it's a blood artist that lives lives through a lot of things. Right? Like, I'm a big fan of the enchantment blood artist from Ikoria. Okay. Bastion of Remembrance? Bastion of Remembrance, yeah, the three mana one, yeah. Right. Just because it it's a little resilient to removal, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. blood artists are usually, like, you know, their life expectancy is basically indistinguishable from zero. Yeah. So any kind of, like, survivability you can have on these effects is really nice. Yeah. So maybe... Yeah, maybe. Okay. It it counts the correct deaths, right? right? Like, it's when creatures you control die that it pings your opponent. And the life gain is nice when it happens, but is not import- as important in the same way. Yeah, but it, it, even if you disregard gaining life, it still can do two things that you want, right? It can kill your opponent and it can kill some of their creatures, which you sometimes need to do. Yes. So, I mean, maybe, right? Like, even even flopping this for Black Black could be good enough just as an, a spare yeah just an extra blood artist that doesn't get killed by your opponent's lightning bolts yeah that being said bastion of remembrance came with the body and i am really trying to keep a low number on the number of spells in my highlander deck that cannot be fed to a falcon wrath aristocrat right that's fair so a limited number of slots but i think this might be worth putting in those in one of them. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it, I think it's worth sleeving up and testing. All right, Graham. Which Death Trigger card do you want to talk about next? Morbid Opportunist, which I have seen punched tremendously above their weight. So it's two and a black for a 1-3 human rogue. Whenever one or more other creatures die, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. Adam played this against me at the PPR, and I want to say drew know, seven cards over the course of the game. I've seen it in i was watching i think kenji numa the nummy stream earlier and their his opponent was just like drawing a bajillion cards if you don't answer it things die all the time in in this in limited in general but in this format in particular and this this thing just draws lots of cards yeah usually you pay life for this effect yeah usually it costs you one life every time you would draw one but in this case nope and usually you can only draw one on your own turn. This one this one can draw you two extra cards every turn cycle, right? Yeah. And it's not only your creatures, it can be any creatures, so it's like any removal spell. It just gets it replaces itself like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think this definitely gets into gladiator aristocrats. Word. That would be yeah. Seems like a strong one. So, yeah, I, I was I was pretty impressed by that. I ended up in black white at the PPR. We we so we divided into three into groups of three, rather, to minimize sort of just cross-exposure. And it turns out that our, the, the one that I was in, myself, Ben, and Adam, that trio, we were we were each combination of Mardu. So I, I was playing black-white, Ben was playing white-red, and Adam was playing red-black. And it was all quite scary and aggressive. What, the afternoon squad, you actually had someone playing blue, right? <laughs> ben Wheeler... And like a touch of a touch of green had, had a touch of blue due to a clerical error, I believe. <laughs> he no, yeah, he played a bounce spell. He played Revenge of the Drowned, 
Okay. Yeah, I think it was essentially that he typoed in the Slack thread, and people were so relieved that somebody was playing blue that he felt obligated. <laughs> no, he even he boarded in. He had Triska Decafile too. That's what it was. He he was playing blue on purpose for Triska Decafile, and he even in some matches boarded into a second island. Like not every time, but I think when he was playing against Kathleen, it kind of made more sense for him to have two islands. Hmm. Because that match was a bit grindier. Yeah, yeah. So as activating Triskaidekaphile twice, yeah, in a turn could be could be spicy. I think the blue cards are decent in this format, though. Like we just we maybe just didn't open a ton of good ones. Yeah, yeah. This is I agree. There's definitely not a commentary on what we think of blue in the set. There's some very good cards. I think blue is actually going to be very good in the set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just much easier to look at like a sealed pool and go, well, I have three burn spells and two defenestrate. Yep. Yes, I'm in red black. Yep. I also want to mention Sunset Revelry, which I boarded in because originally I was running the I was running No Way Out, which is the mind rot where you get a decayed zombie. And I realized, ah, making my opponents discard stuff is actually only maybe only medium. And so I boarded in Sunset Revelry, which is one in a white sorcery. If an opponent has more life than you, you gain four life. If an opponent has more creatures than you, you get two one one human tokens. If an opponent has more cards in hand than you, draw a card. And twice I screwed up my sequencing on this. And oh no, I well I did the thing where you plan your turn, right? I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this and do that, and then that's gonna happen. Okay, great. So first of all, let's go to attacks, swing in, and so twice I messed it up that I was like okay my opponent has more life than me so when i cast this i will gain four life cool make some attacks thereby remove putting their life to lower than mine and then going oh wait now this doesn't do what i wanted it to do Harsh. yeah yeah check your sequencing kids we've all been there yeah speaking of being there in some way i don't think i played vampire socialite correctly once or even for any advantage once <laughs> Vampire Socialite's a bit of a puzzle. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, not really. I think I was just kind of flustered and sleepy. I don't know. I have no excuse for my behavior with this card. Which one's Vampire Socialite? For one, or for Red Black, you get a Vampire Noble who is a 2-2 with Menace. She also has, when Vampire Socialite enters the battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on each other vampire you control. As long as an opponent lost life this turn, each other vampire you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. So I think like my signature play with this was playing a vampire with haste, attacking with it, it dying, and then second main phase playing vampire socialite, right? Like I feel that that is just the correct sequencing with this card. Yeah, I I don't know what I was doing, but it's a good card with solid payoffs that I completely failed to exploit multiple times. Let's talk a little bit speaking of the vampire cards about the one that hits your opponent for free neonates rush this is two generic and a red for an instant but it costs one generic less if you control a vampire and it deals one damage to target creature and one damage to its controller and then draws you a card so when you're on the back foot with the red black vampires deck it can seem kind of hopeless because all your cards want your opponent to have lost life in order to get you know your mana's worth out of your spells but this one lets you do it even if you can't get through their wall of blockers and we saw it being used to, to some good effect. There's not a, like a ton of X1s. I wouldn't say the format's full of X1s, but it can occasionally kill a creature. Like a vampire stinger. 
yeah uh, Voldaren stinger it can take that one out yeah or uh, there's some spirit tokens and bird tokens it can also finish off a wounded creature yep mm-hmm. speaking of casting spells and dealing damage adam had geist flame reservoir in his pool and that did some work so it's two and a red for an artifact and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell you put a charge counter on it for one and a red and tap remove any number of charge counters from geist flame reservoir it deals that much damage to any target oh nice also, one in a red and tap, exile the top card of your library, and you can play that card this turn. So the any target, I mean, I, I lost a game to it, right? Like he, and I think he actually had missed lethal the turn prior, not realizing that it can go go to the face because it just, you know, it builds up charge counters and then you can just blow your opponent out of the water. But also it's really useful for just sort of like, okay, I do, you know, it's I gonna cast a removal spell on that thing and then tap my reservoir and ping the other creature. And it's, you know, there's a lot of interesting timing and play patterns with when you can really get them with Geist Flame Reservoir. Yeah, it's nice that it says any number of charge counters. You don't have to take all the charge counters off. Mm-hmm. So if you just need to, you know, kill a 2-2 so that the race is still good, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I, I'm i a big fan of the daybound, nightbound change in the insofar as creatures with daybound and nightbound entering on their nightbound side if it's night already. You like that? Yeah, I I do because it. I think it. I think it's an interesting. You know, it's like well, it's not really worth it for me to change it back to day right now. Like you know, I could be suboptimal in my play to cast this spell to turn it back into daytime, but I'm not really worried about that unless I think my opponent has a werewolf and then they can get advantage by getting the big scary version. <laughs> you know, sort of. You know, for free. Unquote. Now. And then, and then that would be bad, right? So I, you know, I just think it's interesting, right? It's it's more more decisions to think about. I guess there's an interesting implication in the werewolf, like sort of day night mirrors. So that's cool. Oh, I didn't think about it. If your opponent has already played a werewolf and then made it nighttime, my brutal Cathar would just enter as a three three ward and not exile one of their things, and so I'd be incentivized mm-hmm. to try to make it daytime, possibly by losing some value. That didn't happen in my matches, but but yeah, that's neat. I have a different opinion on day night. I think mm-hmm. it falls squarely into the like you know most of this ability is going to be standard and draft. Like that's what we've seen for most of the werewolves. There's not like a ton of werewolves that seep into the older formats usually there's a few and 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 commander for sure but on arena this is fine and it's just like a big flavor win and like it looks pretty cool and the game obviously the program keeps track of it for you so there's not gonna be any mistakes so on arena you know they changed it but you don't have to worry about it just play your cards and have fun but figuring out how to do it on paper then you know this weekend's the, the pre-release and i'm not sure that i'm gonna do any judging i might be a, a yellow jacket for one event but it's like just if you're a new player the fact that in standard there's a bunch of transform or not transform but double face cards like there's these modal double face cards so you kind of know how those work it's pretty straightforward but you you know you have to keep that straight between those the transforming double face cards from this set some of which have daybound nightbound and then also the disturb cards and so it just seems like a lot of juggling of the various kinds of double faced cards at the same time and like within the same set and yeah. trying to keep all that straight and i think it's like a it seems a little harsh for for newer players it the, the set this ppr was a, a bit of a challenge to judge yeah even like the know-it-alls in chat were like uh why isn't that card transformed right because it does not have day or night bound yeah i so yeah i agree i agree with that 
I agree that there's I don't think it's actually great that there you have cards with Daybound and Nightbound and you have cards with Disturb and you have other cards that just transform in other yeah. random ways. Yeah, they just tell you, but they, you know they're not Daybound and they're not Disturb and they still are transform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I I quite like the play patterns, at least in limited. I quite like the play patterns around Daybound and Nightbound. I kind of like the you know doing sort of like okay well if i don't cast a spell and i pass the turn then it becomes night and then my olivia's ambush does minus 13 minus 13 and that'll be you know then i can get that that creature but you know the downside is that then this other thing will flip over and you know so like i like that from a interesting gameplay decision tree aspect yeah i would agree with that yeah but i definitely agree that i i I mean during the ppr is when it sort of came up that i was like wait no hang on so my my mirror you know or the 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 ecstatic yeah. awakener ecstatic awakener showed up a lot actually uh, it's a yes. single black mana for a one one and then for two and a black and sacrifice a creature you can draw a card and then transform it you can only do that once per turn you can't activate it multiple times to sacrifice multiple creatures and then it just turns into a four four but it was sort of like you know okay now it's day this doesn't you know this stays put this is still this four four demon and then the just but the, there's this disturbed creature in the day yeah like i agree that's it was it was a lot to sort of it, keep yeah, track of it's a lot and maybe it's not the daybound nightbound's fault maybe it's like you know jaren plus enduring angel plus you know the pop-up book like all, all the other transform cards that don't have daybound nightbound and aren't disturbed cards maybe they're the ones i'm supposed to be mad at because it's like okay if i'm explaining to someone how to use their double face cards it's like it could be it could be this or it could be that and maybe that would be just as good as not having daybound yeah i mean the the, rule right yeah i mean i like that there is a big variety of interesting cards and they're exploring a lot of cool design spaces obviously that's never been a complaint of mine however i do agree that it probably would have been a lot less confusing certainly for you and Serge judging at the PPR if there was only cards that if it was either there's werewolves with daybound and nightbound and cards with disturb or it was only werewolves and cards that transformed some other way right like if it was just one fewer case for the for that whole thing would would probably be better and i know that like disturbed is not even necessarily that difficult because it's like look it's either on the battlefield transformed as a because you cast it for its disturbed cost or it's not and then you you know if it goes away you exile it or whatever but it's still it does feel like there's a lot more going on and yeah like like Cameron said that, you know, when people were watching it for the first time, it was like, well, hang on, why didn't that thing do anything? My first impulse is that this is going to be confusing for new players. And that's really just kind of me covering for myself. No, it was confusing for me. Yeah. Um, maybe new players would just be like, no, I have no, none of your preconceptions about one of these, what these cards do. And I have no expectations of them. And I completely parse Daybound, Nightbound as being separate from Insectile Aberration. Those are separate things. And I don't know why you would confuse the two. Maybe that's the new player experience. Yeah, no, I just, I, I had a hard time keeping track of it, or at least not keeping track of it, but like having to continually remind myself. Right. Yeah. I- I want to second that. It's like, I like to, I also like to say like for a new player or like me, you know, having to judge and explain to someone, it's like, really, what am I talking about? I'm talking about me being responsible for the game as the judge or whatever. And like needing to stay on top of it the whole time and having to remind myself how this all works and which, which card does what and cares about what. And like, it's, yeah, it's like a lot of balls that are up in the air at the same time. And my brain's tired and I'm old. So maybe I should be just replacing the phrase new players with old, tired players. And that's fine. The other thing I was going to mention is they made 
a new different modal double-faced card transform symbol but and like i get it these cards aren't modal you have to go through the steps but it also seems a little bit incongruous that the non-daybound nightbound transform double-faced cards from the set wouldn't have their own symbol too or the disturbed cards have their own symbol and like maybe they tried that maybe they they mocked it up and it was even more confusing so whatever i'm sure i bet they considered it but i i'm sure somewhere this weekend there's gonna be a kid who just like plays well probably a grown old man or or woman whatever like a person will play mysterious tome when it's nightbound and then the backside chilling chronicle will come in because it seems to be that's how that works right so i i have every sympathy for other judges and people trying to figure out how these cards work speaking of which i just noticed that magic online tweeted owing to some sort of i've been desperately googling and trying to figure out what the actual problem was but they tweeted 45 minutes ago just as we began recording actually they tweeted we have temporarily removed morbid opportunist catilda dawn heart prime and siphon insight from midnight hunt boosters and have banned siphon insight in all formats while we work on a fix what (laughs) what could have happened on magic online while we're recording my friend uh john rickard texted me that there's a lot of refunds going out right now because apparently if you get the game to transform into day in just the right way then it skips your draw step (sighs) so these these might be related problems or they might not yeah so hey it's not just me and it's not just new players it's magic online too so i feel validated cameron i hope you do yeah yeah me as well yeah if it confused moto then then yeah siphon insight by the way is a rare for blue black instant that says look at the top two cards of target opponent's library exile one of them face down and the other on the bottom and and put the other on the bottom of that library you may look at and play the exiled card for as long as it remains exiled and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell and it has flashback for one blue black so i assume when they talk about that it's been banned in all formats until there's a fix i guess <laughs> I I guess there was some horrible bug, but I don't know why they had to temporarily remove all those other cards from Midnight Hunt boosters. I'm sure it's also bugs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I don't have to worry about morbid opportunities if I, if I play in uh, Magic Online. There you go. At least your opponent <laughs> won't double Phyrexian Arena you while also attacking you for one or whatever. That Siphon Insight's a pretty sweet card. I got I got it in my pre-release kit, but my blue-black deck was nowhere near as strong as my green-white deck, unfortunately. But this card's pretty rad. You get to sleight of hand your opponent, and then it has flashbacks. So you get to do it again. I mean, you pay a bit of mana, obviously. It's two and then three instead of one mana, but it's an instant. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing this card constructed, you know, once it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just imagining what could have gone wrong with this card. Yeah, way way over my head. It's just programming stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it seems like yeah. It, it seems like casting Siphon Insight was just taking people's draw steps away. Oh, huh. okay. okay, okay. Yeah, that's kind of a hammer blow. That's kind of it's probably a bit of a pro- bit of a bit of a problem. Yeah, your opponent skips their draw step is not text that appears on this card. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> maybe it should. <laughs> magic arena also recently fixed their they had a big bug that was not affecting a huge number of people but it was a huge problem for the people it did affect which was anyone who had made it not anyone some number of people who had made it to mythic in limited there was like a i don't know like it rolled over and had set them to like some very strange like 
rank zero where they couldn't play the game they couldn't like yeah like beginner account yeah they couldn't join queues is like all right you're so good you've looped around the wraparound screen and now you're back at at beginner wow and you, yeah you hex overflowed your talent yeah <laughs> and so they've they've now fixed that and i believe according to what i saw on, on reddit just before recording they've given those those players like ten thousand gems which is ain't bad so that's that's fixed at least yeah there also is like some free experience because wins didn't reset at the beginning so if you haven't heard yet you can enter a code borrowed time for four thousand experience yeah remember also play mid one word will get you three booster packs borrowed time will get you four thousand experience and uh there's a pack there's a code for six packs in pre-release kits if nice you are, if you have access to one of those if you don't have access to a pre-release kit might i recommend heading on over to cardkingdom.com forward slash lrr and letting them know that you want a pre-release kit and also you want a great button because lrr sent you and you no longer have to compare your board state to a mullet and you can get an awesome button that says my name is medium gargadon it's going to arrive quicker than you expected and they'll be very pleasant to deal with and they'll have all kinds of new cards for you you can get sealed product from any set if you live in the united states and you can get older sealed products if you live anywhere in the world and you can get all kinds of singles anywhere in the world and the show is also brought to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run that's it for tap tap concede for this week but we'll be back next well we'll be back Whoa, 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 whoa. You know what's happening is I'm, I'm, I haven't been playing enough magic. That's, that's what we're going to blame that on. Oh, yeah. One more thing before we go the Innistrad nicknames episode will be forthcoming at some point. The Innistrad Midnight Hunt nicknames, specifically this set. The Midnight Hunt nicknames will be forthcoming in the next, uh, some number of episodes. And if you want to submit your suggestion for the nicknames or to upvote other people's suggestions so that we can determine through the power of democracy, the funniest joke or the strange reference that you enjoyed more than the other ones head over to lrr.cc slash nicknames by the time you're hearing this on monday paul should have that all up and ready to receive your comedy so please do join in the fun but that is everything for this week i have been graham joined by cameron huh? and nelson thanks for listening James around the card reader. Jordan edits these. Heather gets them online. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.